This is episode 13 of the Heart Body Business Podcast. So today we're going to look at the number 13 in culture and consider how it points us to the idea of sacrificing for growth. This can be growth in health, relationships, or business. And in fact, it's about growth within, which leads to all of these. So join us as we talk today about the number 13. This is the Heart Body Business Podcast. Inspiration, tips, and tools for entrepreneurs seeking a more fulfilling type of success. One that stems from exploring and expressing their true passion and purpose and finding healthy ways to do so. All coupled with insights and action items to get a business moving in the right direction. I'm Steve, your host, and I invite you to learn more at heartbodybusiness.com. In Western culture, we often think of 13 as an unlucky number, and this seems to date back to a number of things. Without trying to cover them all, I'll mention just a few. There are 13 lunar cycles in a year, tying us also to women's cycles, so 13 was historically tied to the feminine. In a society that came to be ruled more by the masculine and that moved to a solar calendar, we can see why 13 might have been ill-regarded. Now, it's my belief that we're entering an age of partnership and balance between masculine and feminine, but that is topic for another day. Some have considered Judas Iscariot to be unlucky number 13 at the Last Supper, as he later betrayed Jesus. But we'll come back to that one in a moment. And famously, King Philip IV ordered the arrest of the Knights Templar on Friday the 13th, 1307. Some have said that superstitions around 13, and specifically Friday the 13th, date back to this. But there's so much more to 13. In number theory, it is known as both a happy number and a lucky number. It is part of the Fibonacci sequence, seen as a pattern around which at least some of life in the universe seems to emerge. And then we have its role in various spiritual traditions. Aztec mythology had 13 heavens, as does Buddhism, which sees the 13th heaven as a pure land without desire. In Judaism, children become part of the adult community at 13. And central to today's episode is something I see in Christianity and Arthurian legend, and that is the idea of a sacrificial leader at the head of 12 key followers. For instance, I don't see Judas as number 13 in the group, making 13 unlucky. Rather, I see him as one of the 12, and Jesus, number 13, as the leader. Meanwhile, King Arthur had many knights— And there are different accounts as to how many sat at the legendary round table. Some accounts point to 12, and we know the names of these 12 from legend, including Lancelot, Galahad, and Gawain. Again, in this case, Arthur is number 13, the leader who sacrificed himself to protect the British Isles. And really, with its own Christian symbology running throughout the stories, and Arthur even having his own betrayer, Arthur is said to be on the mystical Isle of Avalon today, awaiting the time for his return. 
Our goal is to take inspiration from this idea of leading through sacrifice and growing into who you're meant to become, living your purpose by doing so. Sacrifice may sound scary. In the story of Christ, it leads to a literal death. Of course, Christians believe this is followed by a resurrection, and that's really our point. When we sacrifice something we value for the sake of something greater, we can focus on what we've lost or we can focus on what we'll gain. This is a massive shift in mindset that makes all the difference, literally the difference between whether you are willing to move into your purpose or not. Now, the fact is we all make sacrifices every day. When you go to work, you're sacrificing your time for something you value even more, money that can provide you with a roof over your head or food, for instance. When you buy something, you're sacrificing money for something you value more than keeping the money. When you spend time on one thing, you're sacrificing time you could be spending on something else. Everything costs us something. In every moment, we're choosing what is most valuable to us and we're giving up every other decision we could have made. And you can feel that spending time on social media is not important to you than spending time with family, but when you choose social media over family, then in that moment, by definition, it was more important. I'm not judging that. We have a variety of needs. Maybe social media fills a need for downtime. Maybe we need to recharge because in spite of loving family, we're personally built in a way where we recover our energy by being alone. This is actually how I view introverts versus extroverts. Not whether you can be with other people, but what charges you up when your battery runs down. Maybe social media lets you influence a greater portion of the world and you feel that's part of your purpose in addition to loving your family. Maybe it fills some other need. So without going into the inherent problems of social media, I believe most things have their pros and cons, and I'm not judging. What I'm pointing out is that we are constantly sacrificing one thing for another, and like it or not, we choose what is most valuable to us in the moment. Now, there's a hugely important but hidden point buried here, and we have to see it. Much of the time, for the vast majority of people, we choose from our programming. We do not consciously choose a thing, but we choose because of everything that's programmed our worldview and what we think will make us safe and happy. This does not mean our programming is correct. Honestly, we all have faulty programming because we're programmed by faulty people and a faulty environment. So carrying the earlier example forward, it may be that at our core, family is the most important thing in the world to us, that our purpose is somehow connected to spending as much time as possible with family, and yet we're drawn to social media or some other distraction on a regular basis because our programming takes us there. To our programming it is more important than family time in that moment. Maybe our need for drama or gossip draws us there, or the need to get likes on a post to feel loved. There are all sorts of things that don't represent us at our deepest levels that nevertheless appeal to the personality. 
As long as we operate on autopilot, programming runs the show. This is why if we want to live life on our terms, we have to bring ourselves into the moment and make conscious decisions about things. I've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it often. Doing anything that breaks your daily pattern allows you to get conscious. And you can do something as simple as setting an alarm, perhaps several times a day, reminding you to stand up and do something unexpected, or otherwise to just really stop what you're doing and think, consciously think about what it is you're doing and whether it's the best option for that moment in time. Now, on this topic of sacrifice, we can actually be programmed to make the types of sacrifices I talked about before, trading time for money, money for products, etc. Sometimes with very good reason, at least logically speaking. We need to trade time for money in order to live, but sometimes we fail to bring our misery into the equation. We seek to live up to society's standards and have to keep earning more and more money to do so. And to accomplish this, we might keep jobs we hate. This is a negative type of programming, whereas providing for one's family might be the good that's buried in there. But the sacrifice I want to talk about here is the type that drives us toward our purpose, that helps us do what we're meant to do on planet Earth. A little humorously and a little seriously, I like playing with the idea that we all actually made substantial sacrifices to be here on Earth. Like, imagine it's the most attractive virtual reality game ever created in some other world. And only those who invested a great deal are able to access the game. That's you and me. We sacrificed to be here. If that were true, how bummed would you be after the game if you realized you sacrificed something substantial to get into the game, but didn't end up doing any of the things you wanted to in the game? You never wrote that book or grew that business or built that house or made that friend. You never did the thing that was being whispered inside you the entire time. In my philosophy, we have wants and needs of the body, of the personality, and of the true self. The body's needs and desires might be the strongest. It's the vehicle that keeps us here. So, you know, survival and procreation are pretty strong pulls. The personality needs and desires are also super strong. They make us feel loved and initially make us feel happy when they're met. But neither of these address our deepest desires, those that come from the true self, to create what is unique to us, what only we can offer the world, to serve in some special capacity, whether our efforts reach only a few people directly or they reach the entire world but only because you stepped up. Here's the great trick with purpose. To achieve it, the body and personality have to be servants of purpose. We often have to set aside the short-term attraction they hold over us to achieve the eternal pleasure of expressing our true self. In other words, we have to sacrifice the body and personality. Although laying one's life down for the world is one form of this, for most of us, we're not talking about this level of sacrifice. 
but we are talking about giving up one thing for something better. Some of the body's wants and personality's wants align with our deeper purpose. We needn't give those up. But those that don't align, we need to see them for what they are, and we need to move ourselves away from them. Maybe just one at a time. No doubt, backsliding along the way, we will stumble in our efforts. But we need to move away from those that don't align. So my takeaway for you today is to find one physical desire and one personality desire that you know are keeping you from some goal you find meaningful. One physical desire and one personality desire that are holding you back and that it's time to give up. And commit to yourself that in the next 30 days, you will walk away. Physical desires could be anything you know is unhealthy for your body. Personality desires are things that you're mentally attracted to that you know aren't helping you to grow. Maybe gossip, maybe withholding information from others to feel more powerful at work, maybe thinking ill of someone when you know this doesn't serve you, maybe spending too much passive time on social media or TV, not enough time building your mind with reading or creativity. Use a life coach to hold you accountable or a habit tracker on your phone, or just someone who loves you and who will encourage you along the way. But use these next 30 days to sacrifice something that's not serving what you really want out of life. And if you want to see what sacrifice does for you, document it. Write down the changes you see in your life as a result, shifts inside about how you feel, more focus, new ideas, or life events outside changing, doors opening. Sacrifice is not meant as a punishment. It's a shedding of the old so that something new can be born. And especially when you've grown tired of the pattern, of the routine, or especially of failing to get closer to what you really want out of life, sacrifice is the great pathway to transformation and to a better world. Till next time, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can also join our mailing list to get alerts on our latest episodes and other tips, tools, and news. Learn more and sign up at heartbodybusiness.com.